Okay, so uh, just to quickly run through the sponsorships before we start, it's uh, a couple people for the Hatzlacha, those that are learning. Zechanishmas Hinda Bas Yezitzi Halevi, Gil Bas Shloyma Le Bas Afrayim, Yitzchak Ben Chaim Halevi, Yaakov Ben Shragafai Halevi, Sar Le Bas Tzvi, Elchanim Ben Pesach, Dvar Yech Bas Rav Yeshua, Rav Avim Ben Rav Baruch, Ono Shem Hashem Aliyah, and Rav Ushleim Yehudis Bas Miriam. Okay, so we're up to the Mishnah, Daf Nun Bezim at Aleph. The Mishnah says, the Mishnah is describing the law of an Apotropos. Apotropos is someone who's uh, uh, appointed to take care of the affairs, the financial responsibilities of Yisoyimim. So the Mishnah says, Yisoyimim shesamchu eitzel balabais. If these orphans just relied on this person, meaning he wasn't appointed by court, he wasn't appointed by the father, but they trusted him, so they chose him. Or their father appointed them as an apotropis. The apotropis is required to separate meiser for the children. Meaning, he's not. we don't say that he should just wait till they're older and they'll separate it themselves when they get older, but rather he should separate it for them so that they could have their fruits and vegetables are already taken care of meiser. And the Gemara will explain what the chiddush of this is. If an apotropis was appointed by the father, Yeshava, he has to swear, when they get above bar mitzvah, he has to swear to them that he did not, uh, you know, steal from them and that he did not misappropriate any of their uh, of their items. So he takes care of them under bar mitzvah, but when, he gets, when they become bar mitzvah, he swears to them that he took care of them uh, financially, that he didn't mess them up. That's if he's appointed by the father. Me no bezdin, but if he's appointed by the courts, lo yishava, we don't make him swear. The Gemara is going to explain why. Abishol has the opposite view. He says, chilof advarim. He says, no, if he's appointed by the court, we make him swear. If he's appointed by the father, we don't make him swear. Okay. Now, the Mishnah said that an apotropis separates meiser for the yisomim, which I think is very makes a lot of sense. The problem is, the Brisa says that he's not allowed to, or minu, the Brisa says, Atem, you should separate meiser, which means if we're partners, I can't separate meiser without my partner's consent, unless he appoints me as a shliach. Atem, you should appoint meiser, and not a sharecropper. Meaning, if I have a sharecropper who works the field for me and collects payment, in the form of some of the crops, he can't separate meiser from me, because it's my field, it's not his. And atem v'le apotropis. And atem means that you have to separate, the yisomim themselves have to separate meiser, and not, and not the apotropis. And you can't just separate meiser for someone else without their consent. So you have a contradiction. Our Mishnah says that apotropis separates meiser for the yisomim, but the Brisa says he's not allowed to. So does the apotropis separate meiser or not? The answer is, there's no contradiction. The answer is like this. If he's separating meiser because they want to eat the fruit right now, he's allowed to separate meiser. If he's just separating meiser so that it's taken care of and that years down the line they don't have to worry about it, no, that you should wait. So if the kids want to eat fruit now, he should separate meiser. If they're not interested in eating now, they want to use the fruit in in the, the crops in 10 years from now. Then you're not allowed to separate meiser just to have it done. That 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 you wait. Okay, Vatanya, we have a brace that backs up this distinction as to why you're separating meiser. It says apetrop and tarmen a and the apetrop is separate strumus and meiser. Only if they're interested in eating it now, 
but not if it's just to store the surplus produce that we don't allow them to separate mice. Okay, now that we mentioned the obligation of the apotropis, now we're going to go through a long brisa to describe further the roles of the apotropis. The apotropis is allowed to sell to benefit, you know, he's in charge of their, their finances. He could sell for them, Behema, Avadim, Shvaches, Badim, Sadisukramim. He could sell animals, slaves, maidservants, houses, fields, vineyards, only Lahachel, only if they need the money right now, because they're really poor and they need the money. But, but if he's just doing it for uh, you know a long-term real estate play, we don't allow him to sell land. Why? The Gemara is going to explain in a moment, because maybe it's not going to work out for them, and he's going to sell land, and then the price of the land is going to shoot up, and he's going to mess them up. So we only allow him to sell real estate if they need the cash now. He's also allowed to sell Paris, Yenais, Shmonim, Muslatos, fruits, wines, oils, and flowers. Again, only to feed them, but not not for like, you know, just stand for business sake. He's also allowed to use their money. He could use the money to buy them a lulav, aravis, a sukkah, tzitzis, and any mitzvah that has a set amount of money. Including a shayfer. Meaning he can't just, as we're going to see in a moment, he can't just spend their money on tzedakahs that has no end, because tzedakah is infinite. He could only spend their money on mitzvahs that have that they have to have, that have a set, set amount. But like Lahem, he's similarly allowed to purchase for them sefer Torah, it's filling the mezuzahs. He's allowed to buy stam, because those have a set amount. They have a limit. There's a certain amount of money, sefer Torah costs, that's it. Lasuya Megillah, including a Megillah. But you're not allowed to spend money on a mitzvah that has no end. He's not allowed to pledge tzedakah for them. Because again, once he starts giving tzedakah, then he could give away all the money. He can't use their money to redeem captives, because again, it has no limit on the cash. And he can't spend it on any mitzvah that has no amount, that has no end amount. To include nicham avelim. They used to spend money on people that were sitting shiva, they would spend money on giving them, you know, giving them uh, gifts and giving them food. You can't do that because that has no end. Because once you start doing that, then you could spend all the money. There's no end to it. Now let's say a yasum is called to court. The um, apotro- yeah. Um, what about tzedakah? No, not a lot of tzedakah. What about meiser? Meiser, I think the poskim say is permitted, but you have to remember, meiser, according to many poskim, is a minig, so it's not going to be discussed in the Gemara. I believe meiser is a shayla. It's a good question, though. Because meiser does have a limited amount. It's 10%. That's a good point. So the Gemara says, ve'ein apotropis or shayin laudan. An apotropis is not allowed to go to court. Meaning, if you some are taken to court, the apotropis has to delay it until they're old enough and able to represent themselves. He's not allowed to represent them in court. Why? Because he might lose. And it's not fair for that for him to be their attorney when he might mess them up. They'd rather represent themselves as they get older. Whether it's to lose or to win, he can't use their he can't represent them in court because there's a chance he'll lose. Now the mission the Brisa added Lizkais, which implies a random case, which is that what if he says what if he makes a deal? I'll go to court, but you'll only be responsible to pay if I lose. Uh, I'm sorry, it, it'll, it'll only be if I win, that it counts. But if I lose, I'll pay for it. So it sounds like he can't do that either. So the Gemara says, why not? Why, why, 
why that that's that definitely helps them if he wants to go to court and the court case and and it's only a, a valid court case if they win why not the answer is no, no. Uh, it, it means you can't go to court because you might lose. Obviously, if there was a scenario where they'll only uphold the court ruling if the Yusoman win, yeah, but the, then that's never going to happen because why would the other side ever do that? Conceptually, that would be fine, but that would never never happen. An Apotropos cannot sell distant land in order to purchase nearby land which you'd think that would definitely be okay, right? They'd rather have land nearby. You still, you're not even allowed to sell real estate that's far away in order to buy land that's close by. You're not allowed to sell poor land and buy good land. Now, what's the reason? My timer. What's the reason? Basically, you're not allowed to buy real estate. You're not allowed to sell and buy real estate. Why? The answer is Dilma Mishadvin. Because maybe the real estate, that land might get destroyed. And you spent their money, even though in your mind it's a sure deal, you're dealing with Yisomim. You should not spend any, no risk with Yisomim. You're not let to sell fields and buy slaves. The reason being is because slaves are not as valuable as fields. So while you might think they want a slave, they'd rather have real estate. But you're allowed to sell slaves and purchase fields with it because real estate is more important than slaves. Rishim Gamliel says, Afloy Limkar Sadis. The truth is, you're not even allowed to sell slaves and buy fields. Even you'll say, why not? Fields are way better than slaves. My time because maybe that field won't grow well. And you sold a perfectly good slave for what you thought was a good investment, but there's a risk. Again, the point is, even though it's a small risk, we don't take risks with Yisomim's money. Now, even according to, according to the Tanakama that you're allowed to sell slaves to buy land, you're not allowed to free slaves. Because that just hurts the Yisomim. There's no reason to free them. But what you are allowed to do, if you want to free the slaves, you're allowed to sell the slave to someone else. So you got cash. And if the other person wants to free them, that's their prerogative. You could sell the slave to someone else, and if that guy wants to free him, that's fine. That's his prerogative, but you can't free him. Oh, Rabbi Omer, Rabbi adds, Omer ani afu to Rabbi says the same way you're allowed to sell a slave to others, and they can free themselves. The slave, if he has money, can buy himself also. Because that's considered selling the slave to himself. Okay. And as we said in the Mishnah. After the orphans become bar mitzvah, the apotropos has to swear to them and has to work out the books to show them where all the money was spent to make sure, not just swear, but to show them where all the money was spent to make sure that he did not steal from them in any capacity. Says the Gemara, disagrees. He says, no, that's not needed. Part of the trust factor is you don't have to sit down and show every single dollar. That's not necessary. Okay. Ain't the end this long brisa. We do not appoint women, slaves, or children as apotropis. But if the father appointed a woman or a child or a slave because he trusted them, he may do so. We won't do it. But if the father trusted him, then that's fine. Okay. 
Vaiter in the Gemara. Who apatropis davashabusta Rav Meir? There was an apatropis in Rav Meir's community, davakomazbin araita vizavin avdi, who wanted to sell land and buy slaves, which we said is not allowed. But he was selling land and buying slaves, which again is not allowed because slaves are not as valuable as real estate. Voloy shavke Rav Meir, so Rav Meir didn't allow him to do this because this is against halacha. Rav Meir saw in a dream the following message, I, God, want to destroy and you want to build. Meaning, I know what this person is doing is a bad idea, but I want the Yisom to lose money. Because apparently, the way the Marshal, the Marshal explains, the Yisomim got this land, the father got this land through ill-gotten gains, and Hashem was saying, I understand that what this Apotropos is doing is wrong, but I want him to destroy their property. So why let me do this? Meaning, ani laharos ani livnos ani I'm trying to destroy, and you're trying to build. So it says the Gemara. Rav Meir didn't back down. He says, What do I care about dreams for? I got to keep halacha. So yes, the dream indicates that Hashem wants these Yisomim to lose money, and He'll do it in other ways. I'm not going to let them break halacha. You got to keep. You got to do what you do is right. I don't care about the dreams. It's a very interesting Gemara. A very interesting Gemara also, that there was two people, this is eye-opening into Rav Meir's personality, that there were two people who would fight every Friday night, but the way the Gemara describes their arguments, it was Igru Bu Satan. It's the Satan would incite them. They got this thing in their head, that the Satan would get them to fight. Every Friday night they would fight with each other. But the Gemara indicates that it wasn't just two Jews fighting. With two Jews fighting on a regular basis, that's the Maisa Satan. So Ikhlar Rav Meir Lahasim, so Rav Meir went to make peace. He decided to stay with them for three Friday nights, making sure they didn't argue for three Friday nights, making a chazaka of Shalom. And Shami Dikamar, he heard the Satan saying, I uh, woe to me that Rav Meir left his house to make Shalom, meaning, meaning uh, you know, I, he's, he's ruining my plans. Okay, back to the halacha. We said before you're not allowed to sell a field to buy an ox, because an ox is not as valuable as a field. Makes sense? Says the Gemara. There was an apotropis in the community of Rav Yishuban Levi. He was selling land of Yisomim and buying oxen. Rav Yishuban Levi did not object. Now that's a little strange, because it seems like oxen are not as valuable. So says the Gemara, why didn't he object? He followed Rav Yossi, that Rav Yossi actually felt that oxen could be more valuable than land. Because Rav Yossi said, Rav Yossi said, I never called my wife my wife and my ox my ox. I called my wife my house because the wife completely keeps the house going. And I called my ox my field because in Rav Yossi's view, Oxen are as valuable, if not more valuable, than fields. So he, he felt that it was permitted to sell the land to buy the ox because he felt, from an investment perspective, that is definitely worthwhile. Hanu yasmi dahavismichi beyahu savta. Okay, so we said in the Mishnah this, but the Gemara just elaborates a story to, to get to this. In our Mishnah, we mentioned that an, an apotropist can be appointed by court by the father, or if the Yisomim just trust the person. So the Gemara gets to this conclusion. There was a certain old woman who the Yisomim, these young kids, trusted her 
to run their estate. Havali Tursa, she so they had a cow. Shaklov is into Vinile, she sold the cow. Okay. Also, Krivim the Kamidur of Nachman, the relatives of the Yisoman went to Rav Nachman, Amrle, Mayavidizavna. She was never appointed by court and she was never appointed by the father. So, why is she the Apatropis? So, Amrlo, he said, Well, the Mishnah said, Yisomim Shesamchu Eitzel Baal Bayestanan. So, Rav Nachman said, But look in the Mishnah. The Mishnah indicates that Yisomim can trust a person and we allow them to trust that person. Therefore, the fact that these Yisomim trust this woman gives her the status of an Apatropis in Halacha. Okay. So, they continued with the complaint. Again, this woman sold their cow. Let's say she sold their cow for $400. The problem is, Hayakar. It went up in value after you sold it, which is always the risk of selling, right? She sold it at four hundred, but now it's worth six hundred. So they said the person should have to pay an extra two hundred dollars. So if Nachman said, Nachman said, the sale's over. What do you mean? I sell you a car. I sell you a car for five hundred dollars, and then the market goes up and it's worth a thousand. That's on me. So she sold the cow. So yeah, she sold it a little bit premature. But what do you want the? Why should the purchaser have to give more money when the sale is over? So they said like this, They said, wait a minute, they never received the money. Let me explain this next Gemara uh, the best that I can. Most transactions for movables are done with Mashiach. Once you do Mashiach, that's it, the sale is over. You don't have to, um, at least there are banan, you do not have to give cash to finalize the sale. If you do Mashiach, that's it, the sale is over and you owe the money, like any other Balchayv. But that's not true with Hegdish. Hegdish, you need to give money for it to be finished. To protect Hegdish, they want it to be that it's not just Mashiach, you need Kasef also. This woman sold the cow. So the purchaser came and took the cow, but they never actually gave the money, they just did Mashiach. So they said, and then the cow went up in value. Oh, he says, Amrlu, Hainu Dirav Khaniloi Baridin Amr Shmuel. Oh, this is the teaching of Shmuel. Damra Khaniloi Baridin Amr Shmuel. Nixi Samarinka Hegdish. Volimakne Libikisva. He said, oh, we treat the Yisomim like Hegdish. The same way Hegdish, it's only finalized when there's cash. So too we treat the Yisomim like Hegdish that is only finalized when it's cash. And because cash was not transferred, the Yisomim can undo the sale until they get more money. So because they made the deal at 400, and they even did Mashicha, which is normally a Kenyan, but it's not a Kenyan for Hegdish, and we treat Yisomim like Hegdish, and therefore because cash was not transferred, the Yisomim can undo the sale until they get the cash, and they could get more money. Okay. Now we're going to talk about this, this concept of, again, on a biblical level, and even on a rabbinic level, transactions are done with Mashicha, not just with Kesef, Mashicha, but for Yisomim and Hegdish, you need Kesef to finalize it, on a rabbinic level, at least, by Yisomim. So, Chamri de Ravna Ukva Yasma Meshchua. So, Ravna Ukva was a Yasom, and people bought wine from him. They bought it for ba'arba arba, four zuz a barrel. So they bought it from Yisomim at four four dollars a barrel. Iyakir v'kambashisa shisa. After the transaction was done, the value of wine went up to six dollars. So this Yasom is he sold it. He undersold it basically, but he did not yet get cash. They just took it from him. They did mashicha, but they did not do kesef. Also, the Kamidir of Nachman, they came in front of Nachman. This is what teaching a Shmuel. This is what we said that although they did Mashiach, because they did not give Kesef, the, the, the transaction is not finalized, 
and therefore he could undo the transaction to get more money. Okay? couple more cases. Things like three or four more cases, and then the Gemara is a lot easier to the rest of the daf. Mashav peirimiyasme. Again, you took produce from Yisomim without paying yet, so you did Mashicha. Iyakir, if the produce went up in value, and the Yisomim want to undo the sale because they want more money, that's the teaching of Baridi, that Yisomim's transactions are not done until there's Kasef. But what if the opposite? What if someone buys from a Yasom for $4, he buys an apple for $4, does Meshicha, doesn't give Kasef, and then the price plummets to $2. So now the Yasom wants it to be a transaction because he, he's getting away with more money. The purchasers want to undo the sale. So Zola goes down in value, and now the purchasers want to undo the sale, and they want to say to the Yasomim, you didn't get cash yet. I thought it's only a transaction of its cash. Meaning, we say that it's only a transaction of its cash to help the Yisomim. In this case, it would hurt the Yisomim. So he says, The answer is, Yisomim are not going to be worse. Meaning, the average person, it's all about Mashiach. Once you do Mashiach, the transaction's done. We're going to treat Yisomim like Hegdish to help them, not to hurt them. So in this case, where people purchased apples from Yisoma and did Mashiach for $4, and then after the Mashiach, the price plummets to $2, we're not going to undo the sale and say, oh, they ain't got cash. We're only going to do that to help the Yisomim, not to hurt the Yisomim. couple more examples. Okay, let's say the opposite. Let's say Yisomim are buying apples. They buy apples for $4. Again, did Mashiach, but no Kesef. Iyakir, the price went up. And the sellers want to undo the sale, meaning the, the Yisomim are happy because they bought it for $4, but now the price of apples is $6. So they did Mashicha, not Kesef. The sellers want to undo the sale. The answer is no, Mashicha is, is binding for most people. It's going to be binding for Yisomim as well. We're not going to hurt the Yisomim. But Zul, what if the price went down and the Yisomim want to undo the sale? Meaning, again, Yisomim buy apples for $4. They do Mashiach, they don't do Kesef. Then the price of apples plummets to $2. So the Yisom are like, let's undo the sale. And we said before, because they didn't give Kesef, we're going to say that it's not a final transaction to help the Yisom. So, I thought we just got finished saying that we're going to say it's not finalized until they actually get give cash. The answer is no. It's better for it to be a sale and for them to lose out on some money, because you don't want to make it hard for people to do business with Yisomim. Meaning, the Yisomim are buying apples for $4. They do Mashicha. They did not give Kesef yet. The price of apples plummets to $2. The Yisomim say, well, we didn't give Kesef. And for us, Kesef is binding. The answer is, let it be. I'll tell you why. They're, if people start realizing that it's not a finalized deal with you until Kesef, then they're going to be very tough with you. You see, Yisomim want to be able to go into Wasserman's and say, let's put it on store credit. But if, if, if people realize that it's only a finalized deal if they actually get cash from the Yisomim, and the Yisomim can undo the sale and potentially hurt the sellers, then no one's going to do business with Yisomim anymore until they have cash. So it's better for the Yisomim in this case to eat some of the money so that people will want to do business with them on a regular basis. Okay, a couple more halachas. Yavu Yasmi Zuzi Aperi. Orphans gave money for produce but did not do Mashicha. So 
that's not a binding sale rabbinically. They gave cash, but they did not do Mashiach. So they bought apples for $4, but they just transferred the cash. Avi, yeah. Avi, but didn't we say before that that we're only going by Mashiach? I mean, only going by Kesef? The answer is, is true, but Ke- no, Kesef is in addition to Mashiach. Kesef on its own is not a rabbinically binding Kenyan. You need both. So they just did Kesef. So the Gemara says, Zul, and the price went down. And the orphans want to undo the sale, right? Again, the orphans gave $4 for apples. And then ap- didn't do Mashiach. And then after the, the price of apples went down, so they could undo the sale the same way any person could undo the sale after cash alone. Cash alone is not enough. It might be enough for Hegdish, but it's not enough generally. Iyakir, what if the price went up? So they bought apples for $4. But now the price of apples went up to $6. So the sellers want to undo the sale, but the Yisomim are like, let's treat us like Hegdish, and cash is enough. Even though for the average person, cash is not enough. So they thought that this should be treated like Chaniloi Bar Idi, that if cash is enough for Hegdish, it should be enough for Yisomim, and we should say that just giving cash is binding, and the Yisomim don't have to back down. The answer is, go to the next page, this is actually bad for them. How come, you see, it doesn't apply to Hegdish, but how come the average person, cash is not enough? The, the concept is, we're afraid, they'll say, meaning like this. I'll give you a very simple case. Um, I'm buying, you're buying uh, my bike, okay? The bike is in my warehouse. You give me $500 for the bike. You don't do Mashiach. The truth is, it's now your bike. Right, Kesef should be Kona. Even according to according to many Rav Yochanan, it's Kona midoraisa. So really, Kesef should be Kona. When you give me the cash, it's now my, it's now your bike, but it's in my domain. Now here's the problem: a fire breaks out. Am I going to save the bike? Nope. Why? Because it's not my bike anymore. You see, when you do Mashiach, you take it out of my domain, and now it's your responsibility. The problem with giving just cash, and we're going just cash as a binding contract for movables, is that you'll give me cash, and now the item that's in my warehouse is actually yours. The problem is, then, if there's a fire, I'm not going to save it, because it's not mine anymore. And in order to protect you, we say that Kesef is not fully binding. Therefore, by Yisomim as well, if they give $4 for apples, and the price goes up, and they want it to be a binding sale, it's not good for them. We don't want cash to be binding for them on its own. Cash could be binding with ke- ke- uh, Mashiach, but for cash to be binding on its own, it's not good because it'll hurt the Yisom in the long run because if there's ever a fire, no one's going to protect their merchandise. Okay? One last halacha regarding Yisomim. Um, someone buys apples from Yisomim and just gives cash without doing Mashiach. Iyakir, the price goes up, and the orphans want to cancel the sale. So someone buys apples for $4 from Yisom, and just gives cash, does not do Mashiach, the price goes up. So the Yisom can back down, because cash is never binding for any person. It's not going to be more binding for Yisomim. But Zul, the price went down, so people gave them $4, bought apples from Yisom. Then the price went down to $2, so the purchasers want to undo the sale. So they thought at first that the Yisomim can say, 
we want cash to be binding. In this case, not where they're purchasers, but when they're sellers, they want a cash to be binding. It's not good. Why? We don't want. Yeah, we don't want. It's not good for them, for them to just be uh, selling, to, for it to just work with money. Why? Because sometimes they're going to need money and want to sell produce. And no one's going to want to do it. Meaning, if people start, if if they accept cash and that's a loan enough, because if there's a fire, they won't protect other items, people are not going to give them money. Meaning people are not going to do business with them. Basically, it's the same concept, that for, for their transactions to, to work, people are not going to want to do business with them if their rules are that different. For the average person, cash is not enough. If for them cash is enough, people are not going to start doing business with them. And therefore, in order to allow them to do business in the future, it's better for them to swallow some of the money, undo the sale, and go with Kesef and Meshicha, but not just Kesef. Okay, that was the end of that long discussion. Okay. Amr of Ash. So, at the end of the day, we treat the the the, the no different than any other Jewish person. Except, except, no. The only thing we do help the Yisomim is that we will accept Mashiach. You need cash also, but Mashiach on its own won't be enough. But cash on its own will not be enough either. Meshicha requires Kesef also. That's the only added stringency for Yisomim. For me and you, Meshicha is alone enough. For Yisomim, Meshicha and Kesef. That's the only thing that's added. So if they just got Meshicha, they could undo a sale to protect themselves. That's the only thing added. But Kesef on its own is not going to be enough. Meshicha um, on its own is not going to be enough. Meshicha and Kesef. That's the only thing. Okay, so the Gemara says the following story. Amr Yasme. There was a woman, um, the mother of Zira, the or, mother of Zira the orphan. I, I, who she was? She was an apotropist, and she was selling land. Rav Kana and Rav Ashi were the witnesses for the sale. The Mizavna Ar She sold land for the Yisomim to pay off taxes. Beloy Achrizasa without announcing. The halacha is that when you're selling land of a yos, of a yosomim, you have to announce it in the newspapers for a couple times because you want to get a good bidding war. You don't want to just sell it quickly. You want the yosomim, right? You want to spread the word. The more people hear about it, the better it is for the yosomim. This woman sold land without announcing it, so that seems to be inappropriate. The Gemara says, The reason why it was mutter is lekarga for taxes, limizoni, for food, ulukfura, and for the burial, for the decease of the, the relative of the orphan, all of these three scenarios, you need cash quick. So we sell without announcing. You sell the first buyer. Normally we wouldn't, but for taxes, because if you don't pay taxes, you'll get arrested. And food, obviously, you need food. And burial, you need burial. All of these three things, because you don't have time, we just sell it right away without... without um, without spending the time announcing it. Okay, the Gemara says the following story. There was a guy named Amram Tzivoa. He was a, he was a dyer. He did dyes for a living. Apotropos of the Yasmi Havah. He was an apotropos of Yisomim. Now, the relatives of the Yisomim believe that this guy was a not good guy. 
they felt that he was ripping them off and he felt they were stealing from them. So also Kroyvim Lakamidar of Nachman, the relatives of this of the Yasomim come to Nachman and Amrilay, Kalovish Miksa Miyasme. He's 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 taking his his clothing is being paid for by the Yasomim. He's taking money from them to buy his clothing. That's not right. Amr Lahu, Nachman said that's fine. Why? He's their lawyer. The better he looks, the more people will take him seriously. So it's okay for him to take from the Yasomim's estate money for his clothing if it helps them in the long run. Which feels a little funny, but they, he felt that that was okay. Alright. But they say this guy is eating lavish meals. Where else is he getting the money? He must be getting it from the Yisomim. That's inappropriate. Vliyomer said, Rav Amram responded, Rav Nachman responded, Amram Mitzia Ashkach, Maybe he has money on his own. Maybe he found money. Meaning, why are you assuming that he's getting, he's stealing money from them? The fact that he's eating fancy meals, maybe, I don't know, maybe he got a gift certificate from somebody. Whatever, he, they, that's not fair. So they said, okay, he's damaging their property. He's not taking care of the property well. So Amr Lahu, oh, so that Runachma said, okay, now we have a problem. If he's being negligent to their property, I see if you bring witnesses to testify that he's not taking care of their property, Islakinu, I'll fire him. As Rav said, if an apatropis damages the property by not taking care of it, we remove him from his post to Itmar. He feels that we remove him. Rav Shila feels we do not remove him. I'm not sure why. Maybe he feels that, like, you know, it's not good for the Yisomim to get a bad reputation, that they fire the guy. I'm not sure. But the halacha is we do fire the guy if we feel that they're acting, that he's not taking care of the property. Okay. Now, we said in the Mishnah that you have two different types of Yisom, uh, apotropis. You have an apotropis that's appointed by the father, and you have an apotropis that's appointed by the courts. Um, now, one of them has to swear when they get older, when the kids become bar mitzvah, that they have to swear, and one of them doesn't. Meaning one apotropis swears to the kids when they become older that he did not misappropriate the property, and one doesn't. And it's a machlokus in the Mishnah, which one swears? And the Gemara wants to know, what's, what's the reason behind it? I'll, I'll say outside, they both are trying to, it's the basic premise, if you make me swear, I'm just not going to do it. The question is, which one is easier to back out? That's that's the basic themes. The Gemara says, the father, the, the uh, Tanakama's opinion is that Napatrop is that's appointed by the dad swears. My time, what's the reason? Why is he Napatropis for the kids? The father asked him to, and he listened. It must have been the father did him a favor, right? Why else is he doing it? He's not just a good guy. He must have gone into business with his father, and the father did him a favor, and he owes the father. So because he owes the father, you can make him swear. He's not going to back down. He's not going to pull out. He's not going to refrain from accepting the position because why else is he doing it? He must be doing it because he owes the father a favor and making him swear is not going to make him quit. Uh, again, Ali, what, 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 the problem over here is... Again, I, he, he's, he's an apotropist for the father, for the kids. The father appointed him before the father died. When he becomes bar mitzvah, the kids become bar mitzvah, he makes, we make him swear that he didn't do anything inappropriate. Why do we make him swear? Because he accepted the father's request, he must have owed the father, or he must have felt close to the father, the chule, whatever it is, making him swear he's not going to refrain from taking the position because of an oath.
But, says the Gemara, Minu Bezin Lo Yeshava. But if he's appointed by court, we don't make him swear. Why? He's just doing the court a favor. Right? It's not like he has a relationship with the court. Bezin asks him to do, he'll do a favor. He'll do the favor, but he start making him swear, he's not going to do it. See, he's more likely to pull out and not do it if he's appointed by the courts. If he's appointed by the father, he's a close family friend, he's in it. He has uh, sweat equity in the kids, so he'll do it. Even if you make him swear, he's not going to back out. But a Bezdin, I'm not doing it. I'll do Bezdin a favor, but not when it comes to swearing. The, Abishol feels the opposite. Abishol says, no, Bezdin, it's Kedai. Bez, I'll say it outside, we'll say it inside. Bezdin appointing an apotropist means that Bezdin trusts you. That's very good for your business, that Bezdin trusts you, so you'll swear. But a father asks you, you're doing him a favor. I'm not going to do him a favor. I'm going to start swearing now. So it's the opposite, just viewpoint. The person benefits from being of uh, be, being uh, the person benefits from being um, appointed by Bezdin because now everyone knows that he's honest. That benefit of being appointed by Bezdin is so good for him, he'll do it even if he swears. He's not going to back out. But the appointed by the father, he's just doing the father a favor. He's not going to do it if there's if he has to swear. And that's the halacha. Tanya, just to finish up this sugya, Rav Elazar ben Yaakov Yeshava. Both apotropists have to swear and that's the halacha. Tanya of Tachlif bar Marav kemeid Ravavo He says that if an apotropist is appointed by the father, he has to swear because he's paid, and therefore because he's paid, he has to swear. Why? Why is he paid every single time an apotropist is appointed by the father? They pay him. What you you bring me the money and see that we pay him? Meaning, in other words, why are you assuming that the father pays him? All of a sudden, every time a father appoints an apotropist, they pay him. It's not true. It's most of the time not paid, right? Up to this point, we're assuming it's been volunteer. No, it means he's like he's paid. Because the father did him a favor, it's as if he was paid to do this position, and therefore we make him swear, which is like the Tanakama's view. Okay, new Mishnah, and we'll end with we'll end with this. This Mishnah deals with damages that are not uh, nicker, that are not visible. The Mishnah says, Hamatama, if I go over to someone's property and I'm Tame Mace and I touch his stuff and I make it Tame, so I ruined it. Let's say he's a Kayan. I touch his stuff and now it's Tame. He can't eat it. So I damaged him, but in a way that is not very clear. Or Hamadame, I mix Truma into someone's produce. So you're not Kohen, I go to your house, you have all these apples, I take some truma, mix it in. So now you can't eat it, right? Because it got truma mixed in. It's like taking milk and putting it into your meat. It's mixing it in, it makes a trafe. Or hamenasech, it doesn't actually make it fully trafe, you just have to sell it to a Kohen, which makes the market value a lot smaller. Or hamenasech, if I make your wine yayanesech, the Gemara will explain exactly what the case is, but I make your wine not good. Bishogig, if I did any of these things by accident, Potter. What does it mean, accident? I don't know, maybe I'm a kid, and I think it, I, I thought it was a joke. I didn't realize that it actually works. So it was a joke, it was an accident. I, I didn't mean to. Then I don't have to pay. But Bemezid, if I did it on purpose, I have to pay. So, let's go with the first case. I'm Tame, and I touch your apples. If it was accidental contact, I didn't mean to, I don't have to pay. But if I did it on purpose, 
to hurt you, I have to pay. Now, the Gemara just has one question. The case of Menasech, there could be two examples. One example could be, I could take non-kosher wine and mix it with your wine. That's a good case. Or, it could be, I actually make your wine not kosher. Meaning, I touch it and say, this is idolatry. And I, sprink, I, I, I shake the wine for idolatry. Now, both seem to be the same. I mess up your wine. It says the Gemara, Itmar Menasech, the case of Yayanasech, is Rav Amr Menasech Mamish. Shmuel Amr Ma'ariv. Rav says, it means the classic case. I actually make your wine Yayanasech. I actually touch your wine and have in mind that by me shaking the wine, I'm helping Buddha, whatever, that's the case. Shmuel disagrees. Shmuel says, no, 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 that can't be the case. It's only a case where I take non-kosher bottled wine and I mix it in. Why does Shmuel not like the case of actually mixing, actually making it Yayanasech? I'll tell you why. When you make Yayanasech, you know what you're doing? Idolatry. You know what the punishment is? Death penalty. You don't have to pay. There's a concept called That means that in one action, if in one action you cause, you do something that has financial payments and the death penalty, we don't make you pay. So when the Mishnah says you have to pay, it can't be where you actually did Avodazara, because if you did Avodazara, you're going to get the death penalty. So it must be, and you wouldn't have to pay for Yayanesach, right? You wouldn't have to pay because the actual wine penalty, that'll be covered by the death penalty. So it must be the cases where you're mixing wine because if the case is that you're actually making it Yayanesach, we wouldn't make you pay for such a thing. It mar menasech, rav menasech, ma'arev. Ma'anda omer ma'arev, ma'itam elom menasech. Why does Shmuel not say like Rav that it's actually making Yayanesach? He's omerlech, menasech, kim lebedi Menasech, that's kimle bidiramine. Because then you're doing um that's that's right, when you when you touch the wine at the same time that you're assering the wine, you're also doing Avodazara, which is Chayev Misa. So it says, so what does Rav do with that? Why does Rav say you have to pay? Rav holds like Rav Yirmiya, Dam Rav Yirmiya, Mishas Hakbahu Dakana, Mishai Minashile Have Ad Shas Nisuch. Rav says, Kimle Bidiramine is only when they're happening at the exact same moment. The case is not where you put your hand into the wine and you stole it and made it us at the same time. The case is where you lifted it up to, to, to steal it, to, to ruin it. So when you picked it up, you're considered financially the theft. You did the Yayanesach a moment later. So because it's not at the exact same moment, it's not considered... It's not considered Kimle Bidirabmine. So therefore... The monetary obligation happened right before the idolatry. So you picked it up in order to stir it for idolatry. So you're Chayiv, Mitzam, the Geneva, and the consider that Yayanesach is only later. Yeah. It's interesting. Meaning the case is where you, you lifted it up and then put your hand in it. Um... Yeah, I guess Shmuel doesn't like this because Shmuel says it could be a much easier case where you just put your hand in. Rav says the cases where you picked it up, then put your hand in. So Yechayiv Mamin when you picked it up, Yechayiv, Yechayiv, Yechayiv. What do you call for Avodah when he did it a moment later? They're not happening at the same time. Therefore, there's no Kim Lemidramine, and that's why you could be Chayiv in the case of the Mishnah. We'll stop here. We'll pick it up uh, tomorrow, Bez Hashem. Um, just a quick thing: uh, my family is leaving Sunday morning. So from Sunday, the 9th, until the 19th, um, then we're back. 
uh, for the summer, at least for now. Um, I'll be doing Zoom over over live. I'm going to, believe it or try to keep it to the exact same time every day. Um, uh, hopefully this time. I'll try to keep it the same. All right. Have a good one.